Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Alright, let's get this show started. Welcome once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am so happy to be here on this Tuesday. You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, out of Noonan, Georgia. We are also brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. This is episode 450 on this Tuesday morning, August the 30th, 2022, and we have got a great show for you. On the show today, I have Dave Plata. He is been a sports icon in the city of Columbus for over 30 years. Been covering sports in the Fountain City since 1985. And he is going to be on the show to talk about Glenn Davis. As this is part of my documentary series that I have decided to do. And he has been kind enough to help me out. But we do have a great show. Going to talk about the 49ers keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. What? I'll get into that. You voted for it on Twitter. The Sports Beats High School Game of the Week is Troop County and Callaway. Even though this is not a must-win game for the Cavaliers, they are 0-2. And, I mean, they can go 0-3 and still make the playoffs because they can just win their region. But Troop County, Teo Todd winning Player of the Week. He's got 11 touchdowns. That Teo Todd explosive offense going up against Callaway's defense. And Callaway's going to have to bounce back from that 47-7 loss up in Cedartown. Callaway Stadium is going to be completely packed. I don't think you can get a ticket for this game. I expect the entire town of LaGrange to be at this game. This is the biggest game of the year. I think the second biggest game would be LaGrange and Troop County, but that doesn't happen until November. I do have a Twitter poll out for high school game of the week for week four. So just go out and vote. It's Twitter. I got to put four choices, but for week four, there's a clear cut favorite. That's going to be high school game of the week. Right now it's leading the votes with 63%. And that's the central red devils at Opelika. And I know we haven't even completed week three yet. Both teams are 2-0. Both teams are in the top five in my rankings for East Alabama. Right now, Central is the number one ranked team according to the Alabama Writers Association for 7A. And Opelika is ranked 8th. They did not skip a beat when they moved from 6A to 7A. Some of the other choices, you have Shaw at Northside and Heard County at Callaway. And then I had to throw in a fourth game in there. And this game's kind of intriguing because it's Auburn at Duck Sanford Stadium. And they're taking on Jefferson Davis. So I threw that in there. I like Auburn. My broadcast partner from the Columbus Lions, Jared Dillard, works 
for Auburn High School. I'd love to get him on the show. Don't forget that I do have my high school sports show on Friday. That is broadcasted on WQEE from 5 to 6, just in time for everybody to get out to the football fields, enjoy some high school football. It's really my favorite time of the year is to be out on Friday nights and just talk to the fans and talk to the boosters and the alumni and and just really get excited about high school football. It seems like it's a bigger deal when you go outside the Columbus city limits. The San Francisco 49ers are keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. I know. I'm shocked. They did restructure his deal. You got to remember, Jimmy G is 31 and 14 as a starter for the 49ers. All the other quarterbacks are 8 and 28. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He led the 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance and an NFC Championship appearance. When Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he is the better option at quarterback over Trey Lance. I admit, the fanboy in me as a 49ers fan got really excited about what Trey Lance can do. But after watching him in that preseason game against the Houston Texans, I was never more let down in my life. I just don't think that Trey Lance is that superstar everybody thought he was going to be. I seriously thought that Trey Lance was going to be the next Russell Wilson. He's not. He needs time. He could be the starter next year. But going forward, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's team. Despite what you hear that Kyle Shanahan says that Trey Lance is going to be the starter, I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to take the starting job from Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win. And in a league where it's win now, because the Rams are all in, the Rams are trying to go for another Super Bowl. With the Seahawks being down and the Cardinals in turmoil, the 49ers have got to get this division. they got to be chasing the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win because the 49ers have a Super Bowl roster. They have the best blocking tight end and one of the best tight ends. I think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. George Kittle, he's the best blocking tight end, and he's also one of the best tight ends in football. Elijah Mitchell's only going to get better as a running back. They have the best receiving core, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Jawan Jennings. And then Danny Gray, wow, this kid, he could make an impact this season for the 49ers. And the defense is great. A healthy Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa, healthier than ever, Eric Armstead, the best middle linebacker in football, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Ashiz Alshire, their linebacking core is set. Chavarius Ward comes over from Kansas City. And uh, their secondary is going to be a, a question mark. I think that losing Jaquiski Tart, that could hurt just a little bit. Jimmy Ward went on the pup list, and he won't be available till after week four. But I expect the 49ers to go 2-0, beating the Bears and the Seahawks, and then losing to the Denver Broncos Sunday night. With that being said, if it was Trey Lance out there compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, how would I feel? I was shocked when I heard the news last night that Jimmy Garoppolo is staying with the 49ers. But hey, this is the right move. I mean, there's not a market for Jimmy G right now. So the San Francisco 49ers will take on the Chicago Bears week one, September the 11th. That is always tough when the 49ers have to play at one and where they're playing the same time as the Falcons. Uh, That's always tough for me to try to keep up with both games. A tradition that I have on Sundays is I watch the Falcons at one and then I watch the 49ers at four. That's usually what I do. I'm a fan of both teams. I don't know what I'm going to do October the 16th when the Falcons play the 49ers. That is going to be crazy. But I plan on having Justin Dale on the show just in time to preview that game. He is a 
Falcons fan. I'm a 49ers fan. That should be a fun show. Well, congratulations, Albert Pujols. You did it. 694 home runs. I think he's going to reach 700. He is too shy of Alex Rodriguez. Only three players in Major League Baseball history have 700 home runs. That would be Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. And Albert Pujols is fifth in home runs. I hope he gets it. Uh, Aaron Judge got his 50th home run last night as that was the MLB Showcase game on the MLB Network. Yeah, I stayed up and I watched the MLB Network. I wanted to see Shohei Otani. All right, so the Miami Dolphins released Sony Michelle, the running back. You remember that running back from Georgia that got the game-winning touchdown in overtime to beat the Oklahoma Sooners in the Rose Bowl? That Sony Michelle. Also the Sony Michelle that had a couple of touchdowns in the Super Bowl for the New England Patriots. Yes, that Sony Michelle that signed with the Rams last season and then just got cut by the Dolphins. I don't care what it takes. The Atlanta Falcons need to go get Sony Michelle. Look, there is nothing greater than when a beloved player from Georgia becomes a superstar in Atlanta. They would be considered one of the greats. I cannot believe that the Falcons don't scout Georgia players. I mean, they passed up on N'Kobe Dean. They passed up on George Pickens. Are you serious? Yeah, you need to go get Sony Michelle. I know that he is injury prone, but just the simple fact that he is a Georgia player playing for the Falcons, go get him. All right, college football this week. I'm looking at the schedule and some of the teams that I really want to watch. Georgia and Oregon. This is a fascinating matchup between two teams that are two completely different teams. Oregon was good last year. They did beat Ohio State, but they don't have Mario Cristobal. There's a big question mark with Bo Nix. Georgia is familiar with Bo Nix after facing him last year when Georgia played Auburn. And Georgia's a 17-point favorite. It's a 330 kickoff. That 330 slot of games is fascinating. I really want to see Cincinnati and Arkansas. That's on ESPN. I'm probably going to be turning the TV from ABC to ESPN. Some of the noon kickoffs, uh, I want to see Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is named Cade McNamara the starter in Michigan. Even though I think Jim Harbaugh's job is safe because he got them to the college football playoff, Michigan survived a big hurdle by beating Ohio State last year. You got Utah and Florida. I'm going to watch that, the 7 o'clock game on ESPN. Some local teams here in Georgia that are in action. Mercer playing Auburn. You got Morgan State playing Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern and the Clay Hilton era begins. Now, Georgia State takes on South Carolina in Columbia, and that will be the first time we see Spencer Rattler. So on Thursday night, Kennesaw State takes on Samford, and then LaGrange College was supposed to play Middle Georgia College, and that game has been canceled on Saturday. Point University hosts Faulkner University. Both teams are 0-1, Faulkner losing to Reinhardt, and Point losing to Cumberland. Has anybody watched this Mike Tyson documentary on Hulu? Now, it's not necessarily a documentary. It's a made-for-TV movie. But I want to sit down and watch it because growing up as a kid, I was a huge fan of Mike Tyson. In the 1980s, Mike Tyson was the most ferocious boxer 
that we have ever seen. Till this day, Tyson losing to Buster Douglas in 1990 is the second greatest upset in sports history. I mean, it's right behind the Miracle on Ice. I mean, I don't think anybody's beaten the Miracle on Ice. I just don't see it happening. Mike Tyson losing to Buster Douglas not only derailed his career. I remember when I was in high school, we watched a Mike Tyson fight against Peter McNeely and actually paid for it. Like me and the neighbors, we put together our money. Well, really not my money, my parents' money. Put together money to watch Mike Tyson fight Peter McNeely and and the fight only lasted 30 seconds. That's who Mike Tyson was. He was a very polarizing figure in sports and he is also wildly entertaining so i'm interested to see about that documentary there's some highs and lows with mike tyson if you are a resident of georgia i know majority of you are evander holyfield fans and i get that i started living in georgia in 2006 but those tyson holyfield fights i mean let's take out the biting of the ear I mean, they were so compelling and we were anticipating it when it came out. All right, without further ado, it is time to bring Dave Plata on the show. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back with Dave. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And welcoming back to the show, Dave Plata. So the final person that we are going to talk about that's going to be part of my documentaries is Glenn Davis. Had an amazing career. I know he had a short-lived career. He retired at age 32. A 10-year career, seven with the Astros, three with the Orioles. But he made the All-Star team in 86 and 89. And he was also uh, second in the MVP voting one year. Yeah, yeah, 1986, the year that the Astros won the uh, Western Division. I mean, he was he he was he was the main man, and he was the he finished second in the MVP voting, beaten out only by Mike Schmidt, uh, three-time MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, probably the best third baseman ever to play the game. So, if you're gonna lose to somebody, that's okay. That's it's okay. okay. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good you know, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I mean, Glenn was a great player. I mean, man could hit. Oh, he could hit. What happened to him was he got yeah, injuries. He injured his neck, and he never really truly came back from that. Uh, you know, because it doesn't take much to foul up a swing, because hitting a baseball is probably the most difficult feat to do in sports. And everything's the timing's got to be there. Everything's got to be there, and it's just a little hitch. And you know, it, it's you're you're on a knife's edge anytime you're in the major leagues. His swing was a beautiful thing. I mean, I mean, he hit 190 home runs in 10 seasons, so that's that's not too shabby. Second in the MVP voting, two All-Star appearances. He had a great career. And he wasn't originally from Columbus. He was born in Jacksonville, went to play college baseball at the University of Georgia, and married somebody from Columbus, and he has officially adopted Columbus as his hometown. So he is definitely a Columbus native in our hearts. And oh, he's also... Also in the Chattahoochee Sports Hall of Fame. Yes, as, as he should be. Yeah, I mean, uh, Glenn, of course, played his uh, played minor league ball here in 1983 on his way up to the big leagues. He also came back a second time. Uh, he came back uh, when he was on a rehab assignment and played for the Catfish for a couple of games. He, you know, just he's he always contributed a lot to the city of Columbus. Once 
once you know he decided this was going to be his home, he has been a he's been a contributor in all sorts of ways to this city, doing all kinds of wonderful things. And as a city councilman, he's done a good job as well. He's it seems like he's very approachable. He's willing to do an interview. I've seen video of him on Sports Visions and on local radio stations being interviewed by by TV stations. And he truly is a pioneer for baseball in this city. One other thing about Glenn, don't he also founded the Carpenter's Way Ranch. Yeah, you know, it was he, he had a tough time growing up and he remembered that. And when he when he uh, did the groundbreaking in the early 90s, after, you know, at, in the middle of when he was in a ride high with the at, with the Astros. One of the one things you want to do is help kids who were under tough circumstances, try to help them um, build better lives and and make something of themselves and getting the Carpenter's way ranch started was, uh, was a dream of his and a great dream. It was, and they've done wonderful things. And that's, that's another thing that we need to thank him for. That was an amazing interview I did with Dave Plata. I just want to thank him for being a part of my documentary series where I take a famous moment or an athlete that represents the city of Columbus. And I couldn't think of anybody better to do than Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis was a great baseball player in the 1980s. When I think of Glenn Davis, I think of that 1986 Houston Astros team. That year, Glenn Davis hit 31 home runs and 101 runs batted in. And like Dave mentioned, he finished second in the MVP voting. But what was special about that was that the Houston Astros, not only did they finish 96 and 66 and won the NL West, they were able to go toe to toe with one of probably the best teams that was ever assembled was the New York Mets. I mean, they did a 30 for 30 on them. The Mets with the series tied at two games apiece, The Mets had two incredible extra innings games, including a 16-inning game for hitting the home run off Dwight Gooden in the bottom of the second inning at the Astrodome. In Game 1 of the NLCS, Dwight Gooden was the New York Mets' best pitcher, and he threw a gem, and that was the only run the Astros got in the game, and it was a home run by Glenn Davis. The Houston Astros would go on to lose the series, but it really set the tone. The Mets won Game 2 and Game 3. Houston was able to steal a victory in New York with the series going back to Houston for Game 6. But the Mets won the final two games, 2-1 to one in 12 innings and 7-6 to six in 16 innings. Thank you so much, everybody who has listened to this podcast. That is all the time I have on the show today. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. 
Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.